One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right. Hello, everybody. And uh, glad you're with us today. Um, Hope you're having a great day and ready to tackle the world, cast out some demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. Just a normal day for a supernatural, spirit-filled creature in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. uh, This is part 13 of our Wisdom-Filled Warrior series, and uh, we're in the the time of of discussion where we're we're focused on wisdom um we've talked a lot about revelation uh just started talking about wisdom um and it's a key element in the whole connection of of deliverance and healing and the supernatural outpouring of the holy spirit and so um i want to i want to get deeper into into wisdom because there's a lot to gain um in the revelation of how powerful uh, one nugget from the Holy Spirit is. One one vision, one dream from the Holy Spirit is a game changer. Amen. And um, just want to emphasize that here in our discussion today. Uh, I want to I want to take you back to the beginning of our uh, of our series. I told a story about uh, being at the Navajo Indian Reservation. And, uh, you know, ministering a supernatural deliverance to a witch doctor, a peyote witch doctor um, in the in the uh, Navajo nation. Um, And uh, I told the story. If you haven't heard that story, uh, go back to part one. Listen to it uh, before you jump into this. Uh, Actually, you should be listening to all of them before you jump into this, because it all flows. It all connects. And uh, just picking up where where I want to emphasize wisdom and what what kind of triggered me to pray and fast like I did uh, when I when I got home from the Navajo reservation. Um, if you remember, I had only been baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, and doing kind of the supernatural gifts and visions and casting out demons and stuff for probably about four months um, back in two thousand five. And when I was asked to go to the Navajo reservation and um, when I told the story of what happened when that demon, that entity, that principality um, choked me all night long and induced a physical sickness on me and uh, the evangelist and his wife came and prayed over me at like uh, 6 a.m. the following morning, I literally thought I was going to die and whenever she had that vision, she she had a vision of a of a dragon breathing fire on me, and um, she started to prophesy uh, the removal of the dragon and some other things. And uh, I told the story where I felt this thing literally begin to peel off of me from the top of my head, off of my body, off of my face, off my chest, off my waist, my upper legs, and then off my. I, I literally felt it peel off of me as she was prophesying, and I was so in awe. Number one, I was in awe that there I was literally like supernaturally energized, filled with the Holy Spirit. It was like I had slept like for, for a whole week on vacation. Um, I'm laughing, I'm up. I was I literally stood up stayed up all day after throwing up all night and fighting this demon. And I was so in awe of uh, how I felt. Um, and and why how it all happened right she she prophesied and drove this demon off of me okay and um, you know so when I left that place that week when everything everything calmed down and and the mission was over I get back 
I'm in West Virginia, and I mean, I started fasting and praying, and I'm asking the Lord a thousand questions. And that's kind of the history of my walk. I ask the Lord a thousand questions. He gives me new visions, gives me new revelation. And so that's why I'm sharing this stuff with you guys on um, the concept of wisdom-filled warriors um, and the, the awakening of a new breed of deliverer. Because if you if you can wrap your mind around this stuff and embrace the ways of the Spirit and the power um, that the Spirit gives us, man, I mean, you can't be stopped. Amen. And um, it goes beyond simply the command of casting out demons, uh, which I'll get to here in a minute. Um, but when I when I got when I got home and started to fast and pray, uh, the Lord came to me one night with the following dream. Um, and in this dream, Jesus met me at the front door of a church. Three angels appeared, each carrying a leather rope. Each angel had a name written on their garments. One angel was called Wisdom, another Revelation, and the third angel was named Deliverance. Jesus took each rope from the angels and began to braid them into a threefold cord. When he was finished, he held a whip made of Wisdom, Revelation, and Deliverance. It wasn't just Deliverance, it was Wisdom, Revelation, and Deliverance. Jesus then began to open his robe so I could see his chest which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. Like he wanted to make sure um, the intent of his heart and what I saw written on his chest was the word vengeance. Okay. He looked at me and he kind of had this, like this smirkish look on his face, like it's payback time. Um, We're going to cleanse this place. Remember, we went at the front door of a church. And so he's actually in the very place that is supposed to represent him. Right. And so he looked at me and he said, are you ready? And he thrust open the front door of the church. And to my surprise, I saw people sitting painfully quiet in church, kind of like most of the American church today, (laughs) lurking under the pews. Um, behind the pulpit, in the rafters, everywhere were demons. I, I could see them everywhere. Okay, um, principalities, dragons, flying serpents, crawling, crawling pythons. You know, di- different, just all kind of different demons, ruling spirits. There, there were things everywhere. Which immediately I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is the house of the Lord. That these these entities should not be allowed. Like I'm starting to get angry, right? And at this point, um, you know, Jesus, he literally ran into the church screaming with a war cry. And it's like he had no tolerance for the evil. It's like, it was like the way I was feeling in the dream. I'm like, this should not be here. I am not tolerating what I see, right? It was war. Jesus was letting me feel his heart for war, okay? The mission was deliverance. Vengeance was seen in the purpose of Christ to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, like his mantra started to come to life, right? Um, Like the mission of deliverance was taking place before my eyes in this dream. He took the whip and began to wield it in a supernatural way. Every demonic entity that the whip touched, it was like, boom, it's like they were driven out of the church. Um, Halfway through the battle, as I stood beside Christ and watched, he turned to me and put the whip in my hand, and he said, cleanse my church. And I started to I started to wield this whip. I started to crack this whip, and I hit dragons, flying serpents, ruling spirits, every creature, every demonic creature that was in the church. I started to hit with with the tail of the whip and snap the whip and drive these enemies out of the church. And when it was over, when everything was driven, when everything demonic was driven out, Jesus looked at me and he said, "Remember what victory looks like." and the dream ended. Okay. Now that's a very pointed dream. That's a very, uh, direct command, uh, very visible. Uh, number one, you know, the point of emphasis about vengeance, if you don't have the right perspective of vengeance, you will not be a great deliverance minister. The vengeance of Christ Jesus said in Isaiah 64, he said, vengeance is in my heart, right? I think we talked about this in the first few uh, sessions, but vengeance literally 
is the heart of Christ. And if you don't understand the concepts of righteousness and justice deep inside the heart of Christ, his intention is to pour out justice. He, he, he releases the blood of Christ upon the people with, which cleanses and delivers and sets the people free from the demonic. The justice of God literally invades um, the heart, invades the person and works to set them completely free of the demonic powers that still work to deceive man to take their authority. Right. Even though the work of Christ, we talked about this earlier, the work of Christ with the blood of Jesus is it is accomplished. But Satan deceives and who he deceives and takes authority from, it's his until you take it back. And so the justice of God, both the righteousness and the justice of God are needed and combined. They make up vengeance, which is the heart or, or the simplified mind of Christ that is to set the people free, set the captive free, release the people out of prison, heal their broken hearts, right? Do all the supernatural. And he does it by driving the demonic out, driving out the brokenness, the shame, the pain, which um, my experience is uh, there's a large majority of that that is demonically driven, right? We talked about demons causing sickness, demons causing depression, demons causing oppression. And so it's important that you wrap your mind around the completeness of vengeance that Jesus comes to drive out the demonic. And that's why that's why um, Mark 16 is so important. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. You'll not just preach a nice little message and be a good little character based Christian. You will embody right the oil and the wine. You won't you will embody um, the domination of Christ to set the people free um, while at the same time driving out the demonic. That's why Jesus says, these signs will follow me in my name. You will cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, do the supernatural, right? There is a war, guys. There is an absolute war. And I think it's very important that you wrap your mind around, um, uh, you know, deliverance includes a supernatural connection to the spirit, right? A lot of people... um, a lot of people function in a, what I would call a very low level of deliverance where they, okay, you believe the initial command, right? Jesus gives gives the disciples power to cast out demons, but um, without wisdom and revelation, you will not dominate the place you walk into, right? I mean, I can give you my own experiences where, you know, trying to command something to come out for hours, and you get you get a few demons out, but you don't get everything out, right? And um, you know the sons of Sceva, right? In the book of 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 Acts, Acts chapter nineteen, they were they said, "Wow, this is pretty awesome. We're going to cast out devils." And they they tried to cast the demon out, and it says the demon came out and ripped, ripped their clothes off, right? It made a mockery out of them. Um, and so the war against the demonic is real, but You've got to embrace the strategy of God, right? We talked last time about wisdom being the strategy. Revelation is that he He actually comes to you in visions, dreams. He gives you secret information, supernatural insight, um, and the gifts of the Spirit. But the wisdom piece is the strategy. It pieces everything together, the right time, the right information, the right authority, the right everything is is brought together. And so the whip is made up of not just the call to cast out devils, or what I would call deliverance, the 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 whip is includes deliverance, revelation, and wisdom, and combined that releases an authority inside the church, inside the temple, which you know you can look at at, at as a as a building, but in the New Testament, right, the temple, you are the temple. And Jesus is talking about driving all demonic powers, having authority over all demonic powers through uh, the whip that has the combined elements of deliverance, revelation, and wisdom. And so there's a great story to illustrate this, guys. If uh, if you go to Mark chapter 9, um, Peter, James, and John uh, had just been to the mountain um, where Jesus was transfigured, and they were descending the mountain. And uh, when the four of them arrived at the bottom of the mountain, they came to find a crowd around the other nine disciples. And um, 
when Jesus approached the crowd, a father asked Jesus, like he implored him, he asked Jesus to cast a demon out of his son, saying that the nine other disciples were unsuccessful in deliverance of the boy. Wait a minute. I thought Jesus gave the disciples authority to cast out devils at this point, which which they did. If you if you look at the Bible in in time sequence in uh, in in Luke uh, nine and ten and in, in Matthew uh, chapter ten, the disciples are given power to cast out devils, and so by this time in Mark nine, which is after the the, the time of of the giving of the authority. Um, you know, these guys are at the bottom of the mountain, the nine of them. I mean, can you picture them? They're down there, you know, commanding this demon, come out. They're, they're praying for this boy, come out. Um, and they can't get this demon out. And, uh, to, you know, they're probably looking at each other saying, all right, we need Jesus, right? We need we need the guy who ultimately has wisdom, revelation, a heart of vengeance, um, because something in this boy is bigger than us. Something in this boy has more authority than us, right? And so by the time Jesus comes down the mountain and the father finds Jesus, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus uh, you know, basically arrives and the father asked, asked uh, you know, Jesus, help me, help me. And, and Jesus asked the father to bring the boy, Right. It was described that the boy had a, a lunatic spirit known as, you know, we, we call it ep- epilepsy today. Um, but if you study out that that section of scripture in, in Mark 9, um, it's actually called a lunatic spirit or a or a moon um, controlled uh, entity. Right. It was it was timed with the moon. Okay, I mean that's that's not that's not a crazy thing, guys. I mean, if you talk to people that work at hospitals, um, the night uh, where you have a full a full moon in the emergency room, um, you get a lot more crazy stories than normal. Um, it's a real thing, and so a lunatic spirit or epilepsy um, is a real thing, right? And so, uh, I mean, and I guess my point is. Uh, Medically, they try to define it as simple as simply a a physical thing, but Jesus called it it was called epilepsy. Okay, it was it was addressing a spirit, and we'll we'll see here how Jesus dealt with this. Um, so, in the process of of dealing with the demon power, Jesus sarcastically makes this statement. Uh, to the disciples, right? He shows up on the scene and the nine poor disciples who are at the bottom of the mountain trying to follow the command of Jesus and realizing this boy had a demon. Um, he's manifesting a demon. He's foaming at the mouth. He has visible epilepsy. Jesus sarcastically looks at his disciples, the guys following him. And he says, how long shall I deal with this faithless generation? So he connects their inability to cast out the demon with faith. Okay. And we'll build on this concept here in a minute. But continuing with the story, um, you know, Jesus was talking facetiously. Um, He was using the, the, the situation to magnify the key point in deliverance and authority that you just don't function with one cord in the whip, right? The the revelation that, okay, I have to, I'm commanded to cast out demons, and yeah, demons are real. Um, you actually need wisdom and revelation to strengthen the whip fully to drive out demons. So let's move on. So although the disciples were offered power, as we said, they, they couldn't do it. Um, and when Jesus uses the term kind, um, well, let's just back up here. So um, when, when, when the story goes on, Jesus basically turns uh, to the boy, right? He, ter- he turns to the boy and um, he commands the demon to come out of the boy, right? After, after he looks at the disciples... Um, he, he, and he says these words, how long shall I deal with this faithless generation? 
He then turns, he, he addresses the father. If you, if you read that section in Mark 9, he addresses the father. He's, the father starts to beg, please help me, uh, help my unbelief, help me, help my family. I'm desperate, right? Um, Jesus turns to the boy, asks how long the demon was throwing him in the fire and causing him to fall down, foam at the mouth. And the, the father basically says from the beginning, since birth, right? Um, Jesus casts this demon out right and they basically you know the boy's made well he's miraculously healed the crowd's in shock everybody's in awe and um whenever they whenever they are alone by themselves um jesus basically reveals to these guys that you know these guys they're they're all they're all like in shock they're like wait a minute i thought jesus gave us authority he gave us a command that we should cast out demons and then they couldn't do it. And Jesus casts out the demon and they get Jesus alone and they say, why couldn't we come up? We cast this demon out. Right. And Jesus, Jesus said, um, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And so I want to zero in on this concept of kind. Jesus specifically points to the kind. Right. And I've heard a lot of teaching. I heard a lot of guys talk about, um, oh, yeah, well, it's the simple concept that because you fast and pray, you're giving you're given more like, I don't know, more juice, more presence of the Lord, more whatever. Right. And I think there's a there is some truth to that. Right. There's the um, if, if you pray in tongues, um, you know, in the, the Jude chapter one, verse 20 concept that we talked about, you build yourself up, right? You are, you are strengthened. He speaks to you. You are made a superstructure eventually. Um, and you, you basically are a bigger spirit. You are a full grown spirit man versus maybe a 10 year old child. Um, if, if, if you get that analogy, but, um, I think there's a lot deeper meaning to this. Jesus is pointing to the term kind, um, he's actually referencing the need to gain intelligence that only the Holy Spirit can pr provide. Um, and, you know, the Holy Spirit, in my experience, gives you supernatural information. We've been talking about the power of the vision, right? The power that the Lord says, if he gives you the vision, he will execute the vision. Just like he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? Right. When he called Jeremiah, he touched his mouth. He said, I'm putting my words, my prophetic anointing upon you. And when you prophesy, you will you will tear down, destroy, uproot the evil and you will build and establish um, the kingdom of heaven in the hearts of men. And then he says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Right. And Jeremiah explains what he sees. And the Lord says, OK, I am ready. You need to know that I am ready and able and will execute the vision when you prophesy the vision. Right. And so that concept is related to secret information. It's, it's supernatural intelligence. It's what is needed to deal with a specific situation. It is revelation and wisdom that connects with the call to deliver people. OK. So, you know, I believe that Jesus was given secret information, supernatural intelligence. He knew what he was dealing with. He knew the kind, right? And that's the pattern. That's the pattern throughout the New Testament, right? Jesus had a different operating system. Um, he's arguing with the Pharisees in John 5, and, and they're, they're, functioning by scriptural, they're functioning by scriptural memorization, which is powerless, and Jesus says, I'm functioning because I know the Holy Spirit. I'm in the kingdom of God. You guys are functioning in some replica, man-made, self-defined religion. Um, and, and Jesus declared them faithless, powerless, hopeless, in despair. He actually, actually called them vipers and under the spell of the demonic Right. Because they did not know the Holy Spirit. They did not function in the operating system of the kingdom. And that's that's what I want to emphasize, guys. The vision of the Lord, the supernatural intelligence, knowing the Holy Spirit is it is the kingdom. It's the only way into the kingdom. It is the relational connection with the Holy Spirit that you your temple, you are the place where God rests. You carry the whip when you rely on his vision. Right. And. 
you know, we talked we talked before. I'm not going to get into a lot of a lot of deep um, teaching on Kratos power, but at the end of the day, the Kratos power, um, the, the what the Lord speaks out is supernatural, right? It causes the darkness to leave. Think of it this way: if you just begin casting out a demon, you if you recognize a demon or, or a demon manifests, um, you just begin to cast out the demon. What has uprooted it? What has destroyed its power and authority? Right? What ha- what has broken its connection piece or um, control of the soul of the person that you're ministering to? If you're simply just saying come out um, without releasing the faith, right? The 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 supernatural power of heaven releases a kingdom anointing that tears down, destroys, and uproots. That's what prophecy does. It tears down, destroys, and uproots. So you're ministering to the person. You're, if the Lord gives you a vision, He identifies the kind of demon. Um, and in the process, He's giving you a prophetic word saying, the Lord says you're this. The Lord is calling you to that. Uh, although you're parents abandon you the lord is calling you loved he's calling you as a son to sit in the house of the lord you are actually speaking to the stronghold you're speaking to the demonic entity's stronghold and you are actually tearing it down destroying it and uprooting the demonic planting in that place um, which breaks this thing loose and then you can command this thing to come out right um, in Romans ten seventeen, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema, right? The word of the Lord, the vision, um, the prophetic vision, the, the, the wind of the Lord, what the, the gift of the, that the Lord is imparting to you to minister, to uproot and, and, and tear down and destroy the demonic stronghold. And so when we talk about, um, kind, um, you know the kind. The kind is extremely, extremely important. Um, you know, I don't just, um, I just don't walk into a situation and start commanding demons to go out. Um, usually, the pattern that I function in is, you know, I don't know. I'll wake up that day and I'm preaching at night, and the Lord says, "I want you to do this." The Lord says, I, "I'm giving you." The, I, I get a vision. I ask the Lord questions. I want you to do this. Um, I give you, he gives me vision and says, okay, you're going to have a guy. There's going to be a, he's going to be wearing a, a dark blue, uh, button down shirt. Um, this is what I want you to do. I want you to speak to this guy and this is what's going to happen. I mean, that's supernatural intelligence. He shows me, he gives me insight before I'm, I'm minister or at the time I'm ministering. Right. And so. It is the operating system of Jesus. It is the supernatural power um, of spiritual intelligence that equips you and enables you to do supernatural work. Okay? And so I'm just going to tell you some stories here um, so that you can wrap your mind around um, really the power of the threefold deliverance whip, right? The, the, the revelation, the wisdom, and the, the, the call to deliver people has to be held in your hand. It has to be embraced. You have to have a war cry of vengeance, um, and, and, uh, you will release the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have the zeal, but they don't have the wisdom and the revelation. I mean, I've, I've, uh, done this enough. I've seen a lot of people, trying to emulate a deliverance ministry by simply saying, come out. And like three hours later, they're, they're soaking wet. The person's still laying on the ground, flopping around. Um, they got this demon all stirred up. They're, in, they're literally in a war. Um, but they ultimately never get the person free, and they struggle and face things. Um, and even have personal fights with the demons they cast out, just like the story I explained at the Navajo Indian Reservation, where that spirit of murder was choking um, the guy um, through 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 uh, you know the the witch doctor, um, and I commanded that demon to come out of the witch doctor, 
and it came out, but it picked a fight with me, right? It it induced a physical impact on me. Um, and it was a huge learning experience for me because I, I wasn't going to run from the fight. I wasn't going to run from the call of God. Although this thing, literally, I thought I was going to die that night. Um, I knew that I had to find uh, answers from the Lord. I knew that there had to be a strategy, right? Because as Jesus was speaking to the disciples at the bottom of the mountain, trying to, trying to, uh, um, you know, cast this demon out, they were trying to do the right thing. They were in their zeal. They were, they were functioning in zeal and in, in, in the, the command, simply the command. They were trying to obey the command, but they lacked the spiritual intelligence. They lacked the supernatural insight from wisdom and revelation that is an impartation. It is the vision, um, the dream, the, the, the prophetic utterance that the Lord gives you to speak into a situation, to uproot, tear down, and destroy the stronghold of the enemy, to, to shake it free so that it can be commanded to come out, right? So we have to understand, we have to know the kind. We have to be given a revelation from the Lord on the kind to become strategic and dominant with the the heart of Christ, the heart of vengeance, right? To set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, all the supernatural work that Jesus called us to do. And so um, I want to tell you about uh, a couple of deliverances that happened in uh, Reston, Virginia, um, just within the past three or four months. Um, on one particular night, uh, you know, I started to minister um, in the place we're in, and um, there's a Chinese, a young, a young Chinese lady, uh, probably in her, her mid-20s. Um, the Lord shows me this, uh, sh- shows me this vision. I see a, uh, a, a viper, a, a serpent slithering into a baby's crib and pumping like it latches on to the baby. And it, it just continuously pumps venom into, into the child, um, as the child grew, I saw the child grow. Its bones were like extremely brittle, weak. Um, and uh, in an attempt to get rid of the snake, I mean, she basically was self-mutilating. What, I, what the Lord showed me in the vision was she would cut herself, like she would self-mutilate herself, beat herself up. Um, and the snake remained, what I saw is the snake remained latched onto her. I saw as she stood in front of me, the Lord's showing me this sequence of vision, and um, when it's done, I'm literally seeing the serpent uh, latched onto her body as she's standing in front of me. So I start asking her questions, and I find uh, that she was born um, in China. She was actually born in Tibet, and uh, when she was born, her parents took her into a Buddhist temple and dedicated her to the snake god. And this is no joke, guys. I can't make this stuff up, okay? Um, I, I told you before, I only do what the Lord shows me. I only, if, if the Lord doesn't show me, I don't go, I don't venture into it, okay? I don't try to minister outside of the bounds in which the Lord gives me in vision. But He always gives me supernatural insight. I've learned to trust in, in the what He shows me to such a degree that I mean, this is the way this everywhere I go, this is what happens. It it he gives me vision and supernatural things happen. So I'm standing in front of this girl, um, and she says, Yes, my parents dedicated me uh to the snake god in a Buddhist temple when I was born. And so we started talking about her life and she started talk you know, she started confessing um she hates herself. She you know, she she has gone through seasons of of you know, self-mutilation and, and, and cutting herself and just never able to get rid of this thing and this feeling and this brokenness that, that follows, um, that follow her. And so I started to pray and I started to prophesy because what I saw in the vision is I saw an angel come and detach the snake. Okay. It removed the serpent and so I started to prophesy what I saw. I started to prophesy and break the curse, break the dedication, break all of everything that that uh, you know uh, you know came upon her 
that was outside of her will that she was actually born into. And, and, um, anyway, long story short, she falls to the ground. She starts to scream. This demon starts to speak. Um, we start casting this, this demon out. Uh, you know, I continue to prophesy over, over her, what, what the Lord is going to do with her, what she really is. I'm prophesying and I'm, I'm commanding this demon to come out. And, um, it probably took about 10, 15 minutes, but anyway, she ends up laughing hysterically. She's filled, her heart is filled with joy. Um, she's absolutely in awe of the freedom and the peace that she literally never felt in her heart. And, uh, you know, she dedicated her, her life to Christ. It was a sign and a wonder. Um, it was felt tangibly, not only by her, but by the people in the room. And um, it was just, a, it was a supernatural thing. And so that literally started out the night. That was the first thing. I mean, the people in the room were like, they never saw a deliverance like this, right? They never saw a, a supernatural um, uh, vision identifying a demon and then casting this demon out. And uh, it was it was pretty wild because the people joined in and helped me. I started to coach these guys on how to minister, how to minister deliverance, right? And, and, and do everything. And so, um, as the night goes on, the next, the next thing that happened is, um, the, the, uh, actually the, the lady that organized the event, um, you know, she was hungry for the Lord. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost. She started praying in tongues, but she, she started to like have this twitch and this, this, um, like this manifestation, um, that she couldn't control in the middle of the meeting. Um, and so um, the the Holy Ghost suddenly gave me this vision of her standing in a Christian church. Um, she was in a ch- Christian church, had to cross it front, but there was a large python that was wrapped around her body. It was squeezing the life out of her, and the, the uh, python had a Bible in its mouth, and it was, if you can picture the python literally moving its head up and down, it was beating her over the head with the Bible. And so it would beat her over the head with a Bible and squeeze her tighter. Beat her over the head with a Bible and squeeze her tighter. And what I saw next was I saw Jesus and an angel walk into the room. And Jesus took the Bible out of the mouth of the serpent and began to pour oil on her. And as the oil saturated down over her, the python lost its grip and the python um, literally was removed by by the angel. Okay, and I saw her start to laugh in in the vision. And so, um, you know, it's at this point that, uh, you know, I start, I start to minister to her and I start to ask her questions. Okay. And as I start to ask her questions, it became pretty evident that she grew up in what's called a Pentecostal holiness type of church. Um, the Pentecostal holiness, uh, is, is a, is a concept of embracing. They, they, they claim to welcome the Holy Spirit, but they actually rely on the conditions of the law. And, um, you know, you should know, I've, I've talked about this a lot, but at the end of the day, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Uh, second Corinthians three, chapter four to six. So the Bible without the Holy spirit becomes a heavy weight. If, if a person or a denomination tries to live up to the scripture without the Holy spirit, it literally becomes a weight. It's like they're being beat over the head. They can't achieve it. Right. And this is what the Pharisees were doing to, um, you know, the, the people in the synagogue, they, they had to pay a temple tax to get in, right? How many, how many people do you know, or how maybe it's you that, uh, from the pulpit, you hear tithing message after tithing message after tithing message, message, convincing you that if you don't tithe, um, you're going to burn in hell. And, uh, you know, there's, there's an endless amount of the use of scripture to try to coerce and shame and convince people to give more money, give more money, give more money. Um, that's a heavy weight, guys. And that's actually demonic. That's not scriptural. A tithe comes from the heart, a, a blessing, a, a, you know, alms. They come, come from the heart. Um, Jesus fulfilled all the law. So I'm not going to get into tithing in particular, but um, if Jesus filled all the law, um, 
what did he restore? He restored the temple of God, which you are the temple of God. And do you have to pay tithe on, on yourself? No. No. So why do you why do you, why are you forced to pay to get in a door, right? That's called a temple tax. Well anyway, I mean she started talking about, you know, the forced tithing and um, you know, the the weight uh that was put on them by um you know, in, in, in particular Pentecostal holiness churches, you can, you know, you're a second class citizen. If you're a woman, only, only women can do ministry. Um, you know, there's a whole boatload of things, uh, that, that are, you know, weighed upon a person in a Pentecostal holiness denomination. Um, and in particular, you know, there's a lot of what they call fire and brimstone preaching. You're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. Well, guess what? If all you hear is you're going to hell, what are you going to think? That's right. You're going to hell, right? Um, fear doesn't save a person. There is nowhere in scripture that, that scripture that fear saves a person. The fear of the Lord is actually the word honor. Out of a love for the Holy Spirit, out of a deliverance and the revelation of love, out of the anointing of love if, and the embrace of the Father's love, is a person delivered, right? And so, um, you know, staying inside of a church because of fear and and all of that stuff is is a pretty heavy burden, right? And it produces um, a heavy weight that constricts and, and confines. Um, and I'm only telling you this because I've I've done this for years. I'm, I've you know when the Lord shows me um, a python snake wrapped around a person. I mean, I, I can ask the person three questions and they immediately say, yes, that's how I feel. That's yes, condemnation and shame. Um, I don't know the love of the Lord. I don't know I'm loved. I don't know that uh, the Holy Spirit loves me and wants to just simply spend time with me. I mean, those are the those are, are the responses I get. And so as I'm standing in front of this woman and I'm asking these questions, I start to minister her, tell her about the gift of the Holy Spirit, the free gift of love that the, that the Father loves her. And as I'm speaking this to her, her face starts to contort and she uh, she starts to she's hyperventilating and she's breathing real heavy. And the next thing you know, this demon comes forward in her face. Her face is contorting and this demon cries out, no, no, I will not come out. She's mine. She'll always be mine. I'm not coming out. And let me tell you, um, the fight is on at that point, right? Because this demon was shaken free. The prophecy identified the root, the demonic power, the root demonic power, the vision that the Lord showed me um, showed that she was being beat over the head with a Bible. There was no oil. And so when Jesus came and poured oil on her, the true spirit of God, the loving spirit of God, the python lost its grip, was removed, and she started to laugh, right? And so that's what, when I see something like that and, she show, and the Lord's showing me, I know what I'm doing to minister to deliverance to this lady. And so I'm, I'm at this point commanding the particular kind, right? This Python spirit to come out um, as I'm prophesying uh, the call of the Lord upon her life. Um, and I mean, in a very short period of time, uh, you know, this, this woman's on the ground. She's, she's starting to move like she's rolling back and forth and, She's coughing at this point, and I, I command this thing, and literally 10 minutes later, she stands up. She literally doesn't remember anything that just went on, and um, it's just it's a supernatural thing, right? There was a supernatural deliverance that happened, and then she starts to laugh, and she started to laugh because, um, you know, the, script, the scriptural reference is there is no Romans 8, chapter uh, yeah, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. Um, there is no condemnation in Christ, right? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. She literally is set free from sin and death. She was set free from a false religious pretense that used the Bible to enslave a person in brokenness, shame, and condemnation, giving her conditions to live up to and achieve. And if she didn't achieve them, right? 
That's why, that's why she couldn't embrace the Holy Spirit because she learned to be afraid of the Lord instead of loving the Lord, right? Wisdom, wisdom is, the be, is, is, is the beginning of the fear of the Lord, right? So wisdom came in, wisdom came into her heart in this particular situation, right? There, there was a revelation, there was a strategy. The Lord mapped out a strategy for me and so wisdom, along with revelation and deliverance, the intent of the heart of Christ, literally spoke into her. And the next thing you know, she's able to receive freedom. She said she never laughed in church. She said it was a weight, right? It was always a thing to achieve and live up to and never really able to wrap her mind around the Holy Spirit and the tongues and why people pray and and all that stuff and now she's literally laughing so hard she can't contain it right and it's contagious when when the holy spirit when the love of the holy spirit is poured out um and received right the greatest christian is not the worker the greatest christian is the greatest receiver the revelation and so wisdom speaks and uproot uproots this demon and commands it, this demon is removed from the situation, allowing the restoration of love and laughter and grace and mercy to be poured out. And she could actually receive it. No longer did she have to work for it. She simply sat there. And, and I mean, she she was in awe. She was in shock. And the like laughter filled the room. Everybody in the room starts to laugh hysterically. And holy laughter fills the room after one person who sat in a Pentecostal holiness, which is actually, it's a dead synagogue. I don't care. I don't care if they say they have the Holy Spirit. If, if you are functioning in the conditions of the Old Testament and achieving, and if you don't achieve them, you feel condemnation. If, if you are bound in condemnation, that's not the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so this woman strategically gets delivered with wisdom, revelation, and deliverance, and she could feel the presence of God for for the first time in her life. She's allowed to laugh. She's allowed to be free. Amen. And that's really, you know, that's what I wanted to illustrate today, guys, that wisdom is strategic. Wisdom literally allows you to see into the hearts of people, um, not just with vision, but to understand the strategy, right? I had to understand, um, you know, how to ask the Chinese girl some questions, which piece together the strategy and the reality of, yeah, she was dedicated to a, a serpent God and a curse had to be broken. And there was, um, you know, the next steps of, of, of her deliverance. Um, and then, you know, the Pentecostal holiness woman, um, the strategy that wisdom gave to walk her through revelation, to receive the Holy Spirit, while at the same time there was an uprooting and a destroying of a demonic stronghold. Amen. And so you are going to function like this. I don't care where you're at in your walk with Christ. If you've made it this far in this series, there's a supernatural impartation that the Lord's going to give you. I believe it with all my heart that uh, you are going to you are going to carry the vengeance of God in your heart. You are going to carry a whip and no longer tolerate brokenness, shame, and condemnation um, in in your midst. Right? You're going to walk into churches. You're going to walk into cities. You're going to walk into workplaces. You're going to walk into living rooms, and by the vision of the Lord, the revelation combined with a heart that knows you're called to, to bring deliverance. And with the strategy that wisdom gives you, it's a, it's a threefold cord. It carries authority. Um, and if you carry it, it is the whip that Jesus carried when he goes in, when he went into the synagogue, when he went into the temple, when he, everywhere Jesus went, he cast demons out of people. Right. And so I just, I just release upon you guys, um, the, uh, the growth in revelation, your prayer life, the growth in wisdom combined with the call to deliver people. I just release a grace upon your life 
that you would walk in the revelation um, of the Holy Spirit, that you would walk in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and the heart of Christ to bring vengeance of the vengeance of God upon the enemies of God to set the people free, to first set you free and to set the people free around you. I just decree that your heart is being cleansed right now by the presence of God, by the freedom of receiving the fullness of Christ and the grace of supernatural vision and dreams in the Holy Spirit. I just pray for you right now that over the next weeks and months that you would have supernatural revelation in your own deliverance, that Jesus would speak things to you that would drive generational curses and drive demonic blindness and brokenness and shame and pain from you. In Jesus' name, I just enjoin with the Holy Ghost right now and break every curse break every demonic entity's influence over you. I break false religion. I break the power of false religion and work, trying to work and earn your way to salvation, feeling condemned if you don't. I break the lie of condemnation and I decree over you the revelation of the freedom of receiving the river of life, the wind of the Holy Spirit. I release that upon you right now and I decree over you that supernatural revelation and strategy and, and, the, and the heart of a deliverer is coming upon you, that you will weep in the need of the Holy Ghost for the people, that they would dwell in the presence of the Most High and just be loved as sons and daughters of God. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that you would uh, that you would receive the fullness of restoration. Everything that the enemy stole from you and your your previous generations, um, I, I decree that the Lord is restoring you. I decree that the Lord is giving you a heart of a deliverer that will that will be able to receive the fullness of God, and then give the fullness of God, give the fullness of love to the people on this earth. Amen. All right, guys, look forward to our next session. Pray hard this week. Pray, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive. I want you to practice receiving. Put your arms up in the air and say, I am a son. I am the daughter of God. And I deserve to receive because I embrace the fullness of the blood of, of, of Jesus Christ. I receive the fullness of righteousness and justice, and I will be restored. I just release that over you. <laughs> I release joy over you. I release the joy of the Lord over you. I decree. I just. I just have this vision. I see people. Um, I see people driving down the road right now, um, listening to this, and holy laughter is filling your car. I see people <laughs> that have never laughed in the Holy Ghost and overwhelming joy is coming upon you right now in the name of Jesus. I decree that there has been a shift. I decree that there's a shift in your heart. And um, instead of in, instead of um, your heart running, I see your heart sitting in the secret place, receiving the presence of the Lord and holy laughter, un. Uh, controllable, contagious, holy laughter right now is filling your heart in the name of Jesus. I just release that right now in the name of Jesus. All right, guys, I'm going to try to close again and, uh, I, you know, just have a great week praying the Holy Ghost. If you're laughing, keep laughing. I just say, keep laughing, keep laughing, keep laughing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.